0: Investing should be easy, right? For most people though, the process of investing can be daunting and savvy investing, impossible. Here at Alliant Retirement and Investment Services, we don't think it should be that way. So we asked two of our financial consultants, Christian Chapluha and Tom Davia, to share their advice with you. They're here to walk us through the fundamentals of investing so we can make informed and better decisions with our money and what we need to do to prepare for the road ahead. Hello, everyone. In our last episode, we barely scratched the surface on the topic of estate planning. So we're going to continue that discussion. As a reminder, an estate does not mean a grand mansion. And a yacht is, of course, optional. Everyone can have an estate plan to take care of all the pieces of life that are meaningful to you and to make sure they transfer hassle-free to your loved ones. In this episode, we'll look at how taxes can affect your plan, tell some horror stories and pitfalls, and discuss if it makes sense to do this planning on your own. So here we go. As Ben Franklin once wrote, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. So let's start there. What if I want to give my house or a sum of money to my son after I die? How do I give the most amount of money without it being taxed to, well, death? Tom?
1: So the answer to your question is centered around gift and estate taxes and how they can work together towards reducing your overall estate tax liability. What's interesting about this is they kind of go hand in hand. The tax code allows for an individual to give up to $16,000 a year to another individual. And that's in this current tax year of 2022. Now, that 16000 would be without triggering any gift taxes or estate taxes. The number we were all used to for years and years was 15000 right? So it's gone up a little bit. So we can give $16,000 a year now. If you're a couple, you could give $32,000 a year without having to file a gift tax return.
0: As a couple giving to one individual?
1: Right. So again, one person can give 16000 to one other person and that's called the annual exclusion. So if my wife and I were to give 16000 each to my daughter, that would be 32000 we can give her and we don't have to pay any gift taxes on that. If we gift her more than $32,000, we need to fill out a gift tax return, but that doesn't mean we have to pay a gift tax. It just means we need to file a Form 709 to disclose the gift. The IRS requires us to report these gifts to track our lifetime exclusion which is currently $12,060,000. For a married couple, that amount is 24 million. These amounts are also called the unified tax credit. So the reason we fill out a gift tax return is the government wants us to track those numbers. So if we end up gifting more than $12 million per person, we're gonna have to pay taxes.
0: So in the case of gifts, are we talking about someone who's living and so you're not just giving from the estate because when I think about an estate plan, I picture all that's going to be triggered when I pass away. But is there more to it, more actionable items before you pass away?
1: So you're not going to have any estate taxes unless, as an individual, you have assets over $12 million. And as a married filing jointly couple, or as a married couple, you have assets over $24 million. You can either gift those unified credit dollars away while you're alive, or the estate can use the credit.
2: And when you think about the math, if a well-to-do family that has multiple children, grandchildren, both the husband and wife can give away sixteen thousand dollars for each member of the family. So, if there's four recipients, eight times sixteen thousand is going to be one hundred twenty-eight thousand that can be given away on an annual basis. Over five years, that adds up pretty quickly in terms of the amount that is not subject to estate tax. Gifting gets money out of your estate and puts it into the hands of your beneficiaries who could then manage it as per their goals. And then you're less subject to potential estate and income taxes.
0: Okay. And is there any trigger of time when you could start the gifting process? Or if I have a huge windfall of money, could I start it whenever?
2: Actually, you want to do that sooner rather than later. The reason is you put time on your side. If somebody has a life expectancy of 20 years, then gifting money for 20 years will take a lot more money out of their taxable estate versus only 10 years. The other thing is that if tax law changes, the opportunity for minimizing tax could be reduced. There are adjustments scheduled for the end of 2025, uh, so we need to be aware of any updates over the next few years, especially in states like California, where real estate is expensive people can quickly get over the exemption thresholds and risk paying 40% in estate tax if they haven't planned properly.
0: Got it. I definitely want to avoid that. So Tom, we've talked about gifts to individuals. What about gifts to charity?
1: That's relatively easy. You can name a charity as your beneficiary and you'll have no estate tax liabilities. Aside from that, There are other tax-smart charitable giving strategies that we can help with when preparing your estate plan.
0: All right, let's talk about cautionary tales. Last episode's talk about going through probate gave me nightmares. So I'm sure in your time as financial consultants, you've seen many horror stories that you don't want to see a client go through. Christian?
2: I'll start with the first one. So the biggest nightmare is disinheriting your kids. That can happen when there are multiple marriages or disagreements between spouse and children. If you want to leave assets to your kids, you have to take care that they are legally entitled to it in the eyes of the state, and they will not miss out on those funds. If someone's divorced and then remarries, there's no guarantee the new spouse will take care of the deceased spouse's children. You want to make sure that the paperwork is in order and that the children are protected. Another nightmare scenario that I've come across is where a child inherits a lot of money and they're not prepared, mentally or financially. Maybe there's a substance abuse issue or something else, and they squander those funds that should have lasted for a long time. Those are just some examples of what to avoid. We've seen some unfortunate stories in the media about celebrities that didn't have an estate plan in place, and everything became public and expensive.
0: You know, these sound like good soap opera plots, too. Tom, any celebrity estate planning nightmares you've been following lately?
1: You know, you hear of them and they're always surprising. Sonny Bono, Jimi Hendrix, Bob Marley, Pablo Picasso, Aretha Franklin, Michael Jackson, Howard Hughes, Abraham Lincoln, even Tony Soprano or James Gandolfini and you think these are all highly compensated individuals with easy access to attorneys to set up their estate plans so why didn't they take care of this and i think it boils down to it's just not going to happen to me right or i have so long to prepare i have a lot of other things to deal with what the heck do i care because it's not going to affect me for lack of a better term i'll be dead that comes up in conversations that i've had in the past what do i care this isn't going to matter to me but As Christian mentioned, if you have a blended family and if you're co-mingling beneficiaries, a situation like this could really divide a family where there's going to be infighting. But if you have a trust in place, clearly spelling out your wishes, that will really resolve a lot of these problems on the front side. Unlike a will, if you have a trust, it's going to be less contestable, which means if you have a will go in front of a judge in probate court like those celebrities did, It can be contested by the beneficiaries disagreeing with the judge's decisions and stretch out the proceedings for a longer time. A trust is going to be less contestable.
2: For all you celebrities, high earners out there, you can consider an irrevocable trust, which is a trust outside of your estate with a separate tax ID. But remember that once those assets are placed outside of the estate, it's hard to change control and get those assets back depending on the type of trust, is often a permanent decision.
1: Now, for most of us non-celebrities, I would also keep in mind that in regards to retirement accounts like a 401k or an IRA, you always want to have your spouse as the beneficiary because there are certain privileges and tax exemptions that spouses are given on retirement accounts. But from there, if you don't have a spouse or contingent beneficiaries named, you can name a trust as the beneficiary for your retirement accounts. Maybe you want your beneficiary to receive a smaller amount until a certain age, maybe age 30, and then after age 30, they'd be responsible enough for the entire lump sum distribution. Or you could give a lump sum distribution at, say, age 21, and then they receive income for life from the trust each year after that. That way, they don't spend down the assets too quickly.
2: That brings up another point, preparing your beneficiaries for an inheritance, whether a retirement account or a family business. That's making sure there's a succession plan in place to make good decisions. When you go through the estate planning process ahead of time, you can make sure that the financial advisors you're working with, uh, with you and your family are the right ones, and you have a say in the process. If you pass away prematurely, you give up all your say because you weren't around to make those decisions.
0: What if my situation was pretty straightforward? I've got beneficiaries set up on my retirement accounts. I have a house and a child. Do I need to have a trust? I should probably speak to my financial consultant.
1: As financial consultants, we can help you through the advantages and disadvantages of setting up a trust. And if you have named beneficiaries on all of your assets and you're comfortable with those beneficiary designations, that's a reasonable conversation that we can have. Of course, regardless of having a trust or not, we'd recommend that you have those other estate documents in place, setting up your healthcare directives and power of attorneys.
0: So that leads me to, can I do this myself? Can I go to an online service and pay minimal fees to set up all these documents? Or do I need to sit down with an estate planning attorney or an elder care attorney? What's really the right thing for me to do?
1: I think it's important to point out that we can't discount internet or online legal services because there's some very large and reputable organizations offering these services, and they've made themselves front and center of these conversations. Now, a couple things to remember about these tools. First and foremost, these services do not provide you any legal advice. So they're essentially going to find the forms that you're looking for, help you fill them out, and then get them registered and active. So the mistakes that you might make or overlook are not gonna become evident until you become incapacitated or you die. You really need these forms to be correct and actionable when you're incapacitated, because that's a heck of a time to figure out that errors were made or information is missing. Therefore, you should also consider that do-it-yourself estate planning may leave you with a false sense of security. Now you talk to an attorney, And of course, attorneys say that you need an attorney to help you set up these documents. But we can't ignore that there are other services. You just want to make sure that what you're doing is 100% accurate and bulletproof. And that might mean an estate planning attorney is the right choice for you and your family.
0: Yeah, going the do-it-yourself route might make me think that I've checked all these boxes since they're kind of cookie cutter and designed to help in general, I just don't know what might be missing from my particular situation.
2: A good example is that if you have young kids, you want to make sure that you don't forget about guardianship because whoever takes care of your kids will change the course of their lives. So you want to make sure the person you choose has the same values as you do and will implement all your wishes.
0: I'm coming away from these episodes with a healthy fear of inaction. So thank you very much for this. My family has talked about setting up guardianship directives for years, but we've not done anything yet. So I'm taking this episode very much to heart.
2: Completing a financial plan can be a kickstart to getting the estate plan done. We can all benefit from a process that's going to hold us accountable.
0: On that note, let's switch to our savvy advice of the day and wrap up what we've talked about today.
2: Use time to your advantage. Don't let it become a disadvantage. Plan ahead and your family will be eternally grateful.
1: Have you ever wanted to make life harder than it needs to be for your family and friends? Have you wished them a legal labyrinth to navigate or steep tax bill to pay? Do you dream about the day your kids will have to anxiously wait for your finances to get sorted out? If not, you may want to begin your estate planning.
0: Okay, thanks, Christian and Tom. To recap, Tom, how do I avoid causing my beneficiaries to pay a ton of taxes after my death?
1: Well, Brooke, that centers around what we call the the Unified Tax Credit, which is the amount an individual can gift during their lifetime and pass on to beneficiaries before any gift or estate taxes apply. Although the number is high right now at $12 million per person or $24 million per married couple, we need to keep an eye on this as these amounts may be reduced in the future. And this may be an issue for more investors.
0: Christian, what is your greatest cautionary tale?
2: Estate planning, it's a lot less fun than cheering for your favorite team or spending time with friends. But the benefits from the effort and completion of an estate plan are priceless in terms of giving your family peace of mind and confidence. Don't let that opportunity pass.
0: And Tom, what's yours?
1: Thinking your estate isn't large enough to worry about. Anyone who has something or someone to protect needs an estate plan. And it's true that larger estates may involve more complicated planning, but even modest estates deserve careful consideration. Also, planning needs are not always about assets. Sometimes estate planning is about the needs of the people in your life. Blended families need proper planning to avoid conflict or unnecessary difficulty.
0: Finally, what about creating an estate plan on my own versus using an attorney?
1: Well, Google is a wonderful tool, but an awful attorney. First, everyone's situation is unique. What worked for your neighbor likely will not work for you. Second, many people have heard of a trust, but few could explain the differences among the different types of trust and the best application for each type.
2: As advisors, we will always recommend you consult a professional when developing your estate plan. We don't want you to underestimate the complexity of this topic But if you do decide to go the do-it-yourself route, that is ultimately a decision you will make. Set up a game plan with small steps and try to get things done each month. Over time, you'll be surprised how much you can accomplish.
0: Thank you, Christian and Tom. And everyone, thank you for listening. You can find episodes of Invest Savvy on Apple and Google Podcasts and on all major platforms or on our website. We invite you to follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for new episodes and educational webinars and articles. Just search for ARIS, A-R-I-S, Alliant, to like and follow. Thank you for listening to Invest Savvy, Advice You Need to Know. To learn more about our hosts, Kristen Chupluha and Tom Davia, and the team at Alliant Retirement and Investment Services, please visit our website at aris.alliantcreditunion.com. If you have questions for our hosts, you can submit them through our website or email investment services at AlliantCreditUnion.com. Christian Chabluha and Thomas Davia are registered representatives with and securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. Alliant Credit Union and Alliant Retirement and Investment Services, ARIS, are not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. Registered representatives of LPL offer products and services using ARIS and may also be employees of Alliant Credit Union. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of Alliant Credit Union or ARIS. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by NCUA or any other government agency, not credit union guaranteed, not credit union deposits or obligations may lose value. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommend for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss. Neither LPL Financial nor its registered representatives offer tax or legal advice. Always consult a qualified tax advisor for information as to how taxes may affect your particular situation.